From the beautiful city of Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Hey, hey, welcome to Film Forward, everybody, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. And I am very, very excited for today's episode. We are joined by actor, writer, producer, Jean Elie, and his series, Send Help, just aired its season finale on All Black, which is an AMC Network's new streaming platform. I freaking devoured this series. Let me tell you, I just, I just devoured it. So I'm very excited to talk about it. But first of all, Jean, just thanks for being here and congratulations. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. It's been quite a journey for the last couple of months. Actually, this whole year, man, has been like a huge journey. So now that it's finally out and all seven episodes are out where people could binge watch it and like do what you just did and devour the whole season just like that in one sitting or two means the world to me. So thank you for having me here, you know? Yeah, you got it, man. Tell the audience, for those who haven't seen it, tell the audience a little bit about Send Help. Send Help is a coming of age story about a first-generation Haitian American trying to make it in Holly while also coming to terms with a recent family tragedy. He's recently lost his brother, and now he is trying to bury all those feelings in work, in relationships, in friends, but not dealing with the problems that he's constantly shutting down starts to unravel his life after a job that he thought was supposed to like save him, his saving grace comes and goes. And now his life becomes a spiral, which you start watching throughout the next seven episodes. Before this series, I mean, you were rolling yourself, your own personal life, you know, Insecure, obviously a huge hit, which we love. We had Denise Davis on last year on the show. American Crime, Alvin and the Chipmunks, just to name a few. Rap shit. Yeah, I mean, rap shit. Yeah, which is uh, an incredible new show. Uh, yeah, you're killing the game. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. But at what point did you realize, you know, like now's the time for me to tell this story, to tell my story, send help? Honestly, man, it was just opportunity. I had the idea to tell this story and create this story when I first got to LA like 12 years ago. Mm. And then as time went on, I just needed to know that for myself, I had to like learn the ropes of the industry and um, get some skills behind me in order for me to execute something like as large as Send Help was or is to take on. A lot of the people that worked with me on Send Help were people I used to work for, like rising through the ranks as a PA, as an intern, and just growing. And I wouldn't have been able to accomplish this feat without having like gone through the ranks as a creator. It's been a long time coming. So now that it's finally here, people are able to experience this in the way that it's able to be experienced is the best. That's so beautiful. And I think it's really important for people to hear that a lot of our listeners are in the industry or working their way up to, you know, their goals. And it's important to hear, you know, like people working their way up, you know, a lot of times, quote unquote, the industry or the media, they're like, oh, here's this person who came out of nowhere. It's like, Nah, this person has been plugging away and putting in the work for a long time. It's just like you haven't necessarily seen them because they've been behind the scenes. They've been behind the camera. They've been making the contacts and, and learning, you know? Yeah. Or just nobody really cared about them yet. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, right. And then when they show up on the scene, like, oh, my God, this is a brand new face. He just started. I'm like, nah, bro. I've been in the trenches for the last, mm-hmm. right. the last 12 years trying to figure this out. And get that break or get that um, get the recognition that I felt I deserved and needed in order for me to tell these stories, you know? Absolutely, man. And we're happy you're finally getting it. 
Now, when you're developing this series, you're writing this series that is, correct me if I'm wrong, based off of some personal experience. Mm-hmm. How do you separate Jean from Fritz on the page? For me, in this experience, it was having someone like Mike Goyo, mm-hmm. my writing partner. He allowed me or gave me the space to push me in a way to tell certain stories, but also color it in a way that separates Jean from Fritz. Mm-hmm. But, also, but also like Fritz is a part of me. Like every character is a part of me in the sense that it's a version of me. Like it's my, what if this was it? Right. What if I was moving like this? What if life was like this? And having someone to be able to bounce ideas off of like Mike to create this three-dimensional character that people are able to enjoy and talk about now on Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. Having someone like Mike to be able to push me in that way and tell some stories that I was scared to tell and give me that space in that room, you know, to like have that cathartic moment expressing those. You know, they say like, if it's a story you're afraid to tell, it's probably the story you should be telling because <laughs> that means it's probably something like yeah. very relatable and, you know, there's truth in there, you know, and, and, and that is, uh, you know, exhibit A. For our fans who see the series, they know absolutely that that is the case. Yeah, I found Fritz's journey just, you know, so relatable trying to build your career and also be present for what's really important, which, you know, like culture, family, friends, yourself. I think your series approaches that conflict so beautifully and respectfully. I want to talk about working with the cast that kind of helps you push that theme through because the cast is just absolutely incredible. They're hilarious. They bring tears to your eyes. It's just top to bottom, a knockout cast. So talk to us a little bit about your casting process. Cast process was uh, a bit of a journey because we've created a version of this show a while ago with a different company, but it just didn't work out with that company. So we had to do the recasting process. Now, the benefit of having worked on shows like Insecure and things of that nature, people kind of recognize your name. To the sense that they're like, oh, we want to work with these people. And then also a lot of this cast members are my friends. So the great thing about this was able to just pull people up or work with people who are on the cusp or or climbing or have like written, made a name for themselves. Like for instance, Eamon, Karen Obalum, Catfish Jean, Karina, Kimiko, I found really off of from my friend Eric Andre's parties. And we became friends. And then I asked her literally randomly on Instagram, like, do you act? And sent her, <laughs> and sent her um, the sides, and she was ready within an hour to do the audition. Finding friends who would really give it their all and really dedicate and devote themselves to the project was a blessing. And then some friends that wasn't able to do it because they of scheduling issues, you know, that we're trying to take on and bring back onto the project. But then also we went through the traditional route of trying to find my perfect niece, like Fritz's perfect niece, Mac. Yeah, where we found. Anna Bowen, who I rocked the house when it came to her audition. And she just really brought it in so many ways. The realness, the energy. Uh, Courtney was someone that I reached out to because she was actually in the room or we were on set on Insecure when I got the call of saying that we're going to get the show done. And she was like, oh my God, congratulations. And I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then I was like, you know what? She would probably make a great Nicole. Mm. And I reached out to her and said, hey, man, would you be interested in doing this? She's like, sure. Send me the sides. I'll read with you. And then we'll go from there. And she read with me and she was phenomenal. Like I couldn't picture anybody else in that role after she's done it. Because we were, there was somebody else supposed to do the role before. 
And scheduling wise didn't work out. And then we were like trying to find the next person. And the person had to be someone that the chemistry had to be there. Right. And, and I read with Courtney, everything, she checked all the boxes and she has that big sister, big energy friend vibe that you can literally depend on, which made it so much better. And Catfish was just a friend of mine that We've been looking to find a project to work with each other for some time. And when Send Help came about, he was a part of the original iteration of the show and scheduling worked out on his side to be a part of it. Same thing with Karina. Scheduling worked out to be perfect for her side. With Eamon, Eamon came on later and Eamon was a friend. I was like, look, bro, you already know you're talented. You already know you're dope. We already have this younger brother energy to each other, like big brother, younger brother energy where I just knew that he would just rock the role. And then we found Mark through the audition process, which who plays my dad. And he, man, the way he just captured the Haitian father energy, I was just like, bro, there's no way I do this without you. (laughs) (laughs) I have to... I have to like work with you. And there was some other people that came through that we thought that could make it, but then it didn't work. But then... um. A lot of people just rocked the house like on the first chem read. It was just amazing. So some we went through traditional. Some people I reached out through Instagram. Some people were already attached, were already working with me the first iteration of the project. So it was just, uh, we went through a lot of avenues to get our talent and to get our cast for the show. Well, it came out great. The cast is incredible. And the familial vibe really comes through on screen, no doubt. You also co-directed one of the episodes I saw, which happens to be one of my favorite episodes. Uh, It's called LL Cool J. Yeah, I I loved, loved spending an episode with Mac and Mummy. It's just, it was so rich and getting to like take a seat into, you know, not only seeing uh, a Haitian household, but also just like I was raised by a single mom. So just being like enveloped in that world for a minute was really, was really powerful. But talk to us about stepping into... The director's chair for me. You know, what's funny is a director's chair, it's the same chair, right? If you're an actor or a director, but doesn't it feel different when you're uh, sitting in it as the director than <laughs> when you're sitting in it as an actor? It's completely different because you're looking at it from a completely different lens. Yeah. And you're trying to tell the story with so many colors. Colors meaning like the grip, the AC, the DP, you know, the art department. You're just You're just using so many tools And then the actor on top of that, you're using so many tools to tell this story in a cool, unique way that that pulls you in, but also gives you a front row seat into these lives of these people. I really wanted to direct episode four, one, because I wasn't in it. So it was it made it easier for me to just step away and just like hone in on the talent and what was going on. And it was just amazing to direct that episode because I wanted people to feel what it was like from our mom's perspective, mm-hmm. from our other relatives' perspective, because Fritz is going through something, but the family is going through it as well. And it was right. very important for me to show how they're living back on the East Coast, back in Brockton, and how they're dealing and managing with everything. And showing you that Mac is the only one really out of the mom and Fritz who was actually like, actively trying to do things, trying to like confront things, experience things. Whereas Fritz and Mummy are kind of running away from their problems. They bury themselves in other things and other people 
so they don't necessarily have to deal with it and they'll avoid it. Whereas Mac is like going after it and trying to figure it out and trying to see what's happening. More so in the more of an accepted space than right. is and mummy is. And like you're telling me that you, you're a single mom, like, man, our moms are going through so much that they don't talk to us about. Right. And they just eat it all the time. And we not paying attention is not that we do it on purpose, that we don't really, we're like, oh, we have so much stuff going on in our lives. Mom, you're supposed to be good. I'm like, no, moms need love too. You got to take mm-hmm. care of our moms. We got to be there for our moms. And being raised by a single mom is, I don't know what that experience is like. Cause I had like my, my dad in the house with me up until I was like 20, 20 something. But the way that our house was, it was my mom and dad worked all day. Whereas the kids were in the house. You know, but knowing, seeing the struggle that my mom and dad did just to provide for five kids. And then now the house is empty and seeing what that does to them, because they're literally just, where's their fun? Where's their life? What do they find enjoyable outside of just watching TV? You know, like when the kids come home, that brings them energy. And I wanted to like really show that, that moms, like as kids, we have to be able to pay attention to our adults the people that raised us and show them some love right back and be able to show up in their lives because we don't necessarily show up the way we would love to show up all the time, you know? So this is this is your film forward reminder to uh, to all our listeners out there. Call your mama, call your papa, uh, yeah. whoever you got, your family, your loved ones. It's always important to check on the ones we love. Always important. Always, always important, man. Now, so you're acting, you're writing, you're producing, you're directing. You also have this production company, Bassett House, which helped you get this this series off the ground. But talk to us about Bassett House, the inception of Bassett House, because I love the backstory of it. How did this production company come to be? Well, Bassett House came to be during the pandemic, like it was kind of fully realized and formulated during the pandemic. But the idea has been something of mine for a very long time, because when I first moved to L.A., I had lived in Van Nuys on Bassett Street. And in that house, it was a mustard color house on Bassett Street where I lived with a bunch of creatives, some actors, some hairstylists, an animator, a writer, a manager, <laughs> a whole gamut of people just lived in this house. Right, right. It was a five-bedroom <laughs> house. It was like a real world. <laughs> a lot of the times, we haven't had to vote people out of the house. <laughs> and it was such an experience to live with a bunch of people who are so serious about their craft mm-hmm. and so serious about helping their neighbor get to the next level that I had to like create a production company that was about that, about building the community that's going to help you sustain or help you level up in this industry. And that's how Bass House came to be because it's about a community. It's about a community helping each other build their own table so therefore they, others could sit at. So that's why we created it. And Bass House now, what it does is just that. Like we create a space and a platform for up and coming filmmakers to meet and bridge the gap between studio executives and industry professionals and those who are still in school or those who are just starting out, those who are doing a career change and trying to get into the industry and as well as provide resources for them to be able to level up or get to a writing program, get to a director's program, or just have their project distributed amongst their peers and amongst others in a way to make short films profitable for those filmmakers, as well as get it distributed in front of the executives who would take their idea and help them expound on it and get it to the next phase 
of their creative process, a creative journey. That's beautiful. It's so, so necessary and sounds like such an amazing asset. BassettHousePick.com. That's the website, correct? Yep. That's how cool. yep. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Before we move into our next segment, there's one thing I wanted to talk about. I love the scene in the Joshua Tree episode where you and Ashley are playing that trivia game. So it gave me an idea. Don't worry, I'm going to go gentle, but we're going to do the trivia game here. I'm going to ask you three questions real quick, and here it goes. Okay, cool. What does your writing heaven look like? What's your what's your perfect writing scenario? My perfect writing scenario, it's on a trip. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter where, just somewhere far, and I'm in the middle of the hotel lobby, or I am on that patio writing with headphones on and just watching people as I write. Love it. Number two, what does success look like to Jean? Success looks like to me when I no longer have to worry about bills Mm -hmm. and I'm able to create what it is I want to create for the people I want to create and have a well-balanced work-life balance with my partner, with my fiance, well, soon-to-be wife, and have like a great balance between work and personal life where I get to travel and experience new things. Love that. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Best thing about the West Coast and best thing about the East Coast. Best thing about the West Coast, the weather. Best thing about the East Coast is I get to wear layers. Yeah. (laughs) Beautiful. See, that wasn't too bad, right? Oh, that bad was that bad. <laughs> I didn't force you to uh, to bolt into the middle of the desert. <laughs> yeah, I played that game. I played a game similar to that with my fiance, and that was like, "Why are we playing this?" And then she's like, "No, we got like we gotta play. It's a great game for us to get to know each other. Like, don't you know me enough? Like, come on." It was just, it, and and it gets deep, bro. It gets really. Oh, yeah. It gets deep. And uh, my friends at home, you can see just how deep it goes by checking out Send Help. It's an incredible series. You can stream the whole season right now on All Black, the new streaming platform. Highly recommend it. Check it out. Let us know what you think. It's accessible on Amazon Prime Video, Apple TV, Roku, and any smartphone or smart device. Beautiful. We're going to take a quick break, everybody. When we return, Jean's going to help us out with our favorite segment. Give me three. We'd like to take a minute to talk about LADFF sponsor E-Minutes. E-Minutes is a corporate entertainment law firm that handles the corporate minutes for more than 38,000 entities involved in the entertainment industry. Like last year, they're sponsoring an award with the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival called the Emerging Filmmaker Award. You can learn more about our partnership with E-Minutes Arts and their mission to amplify the voices of underrepresented storytellers at eminutes.com forward slash arts. That's eminutes.com forward slash arts. We're back on Film Forward, everybody, and we are joined by Jean Eli, creator of and star of the series Send Help. And right now he's about to hook us up with three films that have inspired him, inspired his work. Jean, let's get your first one, sir. First one, I would say Laheen. Mm-hmm. Laheen is a beautiful French film. A friend of mine's recommended it to me, um, and I watched it, and I just fell in love with the way 
the director tells those stories between these three friends and the subject matter behind it, something that you could just watch over and over again, and you'll see new things as you're following new characters' stories, the characters' stories in it. And I just love this story about just three friends and how they're dealing with life in that time over in France. So I love that. The other film, Bronson, is a beautiful character story about a guy who just like was trying to figure it out. And he's also a victim of circumstance because his parents never really checked him. He just kind of like was bottled through life. And that character study is amazing to me because I like representing certain people and I want to be able to represent characters and just live in those type of worlds and build those big backstories for these characters. So when I'm playing them, they feel real and three-dimensional. And that's the type of work I like to do, even if it's just a guest star role. So watching that character play out in Bronson was amazing to me. And I watched over and over again. Another one was, Mr. Rick was another thing that was about friends and like how Mm -hmm. a, a thing can happen and just, change the dynamic of your friend group and then how they just come back together and how all their worlds intertwine. I really love the writing of it. I really love the characters and the way the story was told and inspired me because there's definitely a story I want to tell like that at some point in time in my life. I'm just holding on to it for a little bit, but like, I definitely want to tell a story similar to that or in that same vein where a situation happens that then the friends go away and they come back and now what's going on with these friends and we check in on them. And a wallop of an ending, that movie. Holy Jesus. Man, what an ending. Oh, <laughs> so good and so heart-wrenching. Like, wow. Yeah, absolutely incredible. These are three excellent choices, Sean. Once again, thanks for sharing them and thanks for being here. Again, I'm super happy for you. The series is incredible. I am praying for this season 2 because I'm I'm already missing those characters and I need to I need to see what's going down. Uh mm-hmm. so blessings for that and yeah, just thanks for being here and we're looking forward to see what's coming your way, my friend. Thank you, man. And also for your listeners, I currently have a film festival for Bassett House called Screen Dad Night, which the deadline is October 6th, so you can still have time to submit your short films. And we're going to be watching those short films, a few of those short films live on IG with a special guest where we're going to critique him. And then we're going to upload those short films to our Patreon page where guests get to vote on the best short film. And the winner gets $1,000 as well as gets to have their short film screen in front of an executive at a private event in November. That's amazing. Our listeners can access that through the Bassett House website. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. They can access that through the Bass House website. They can access it on the Bass House Instagram page as well. Okay, beautiful. Submit for that, guys. October 6th is the deadline. And I know we got a lot of filmmakers out there listening. So Bassett House sounds like a great home and a great group of people to be associated with. So we will all be tuning in for that. Once again, Jean, appreciate you. Appreciate your time, man. Thank you very much, man. Thank you all for listening to Film Forward. And we'll catch you next time. Our recording engineer and mixer is Anselm Kennedy. The podcast is produced by Anselm, Sonia Maru, and yours truly. Thanks for joining us on Film Forward, and you'll hear us next time.